It is still very cold, bitterly cold. Central Texas bracing for another frigid night when we could see temperatures back in the 60s in your first warning weather. Plus the school districts where kids get to sleep in tomorrow. And a strong win for former President Trump in the Iowa caucuses last night. How his competitors are trying to get ahead before the next contest. It looks like the worst is behind us. Well, that is Austin's mayor today giving a briefing on how the city is dealing with this brutal chill. A record-breaking number of people have avoided the cold in city-run warming centers. Around 650 people spent last night in an Austin cold-weather shelter. There are now seven of them open, and those shelters open once again tonight, so anyone who wants to go there is asked to go to one Texas center on Barton Springs Road between 5 and 8 o'clock to register. Now, if you can't get there, you can call 311 for help. And some not in shelters on the streets during this freeze are taking dangerous steps to stay warm. That's what Austin Fire believes led to a two-story building going up in flames overnight. KXN's Mercedes Hernandez spoke with neighbors who say they were not surprised. Orange flames and flashing lights brightened a dark, cold morning Tuesday as Austin firefighters worked to put out this vacant building near Cameron Road and Clayton Lane in central Austin. AFD says it likely started from people trying to stay warm. I, I got a picture at like two in the morning of what was going on and I already knew. What. This man runs a business in the neighborhood but asked not to be identified. He says he's not shocked the fire happened. He says squatters often post up inside the vacant building. Last week, he says he saw people using fire to keep warm. Since it's gotten cold, they're, they're building fires on the property behind us. And uh, so I, I can only assume that's what caused the, the problem. Another business owner on the block shot this video, but didn't want to go on camera. She says once the fire started, she saw people scatter before responders arrive. Over the last week, I am pleased to see the responsiveness and the depth of collaboration across all of our city partners. City of Austin leaders say they're doing their best to provide shelter to those most vulnerable as the cold continues and to prevent more things like this from happening. It takes the strength of the city, the county, and our nonprofits to work together during an emergency. In Austin, Mercedes Hernandez, KXAN News. And fire crews also battled another fire early this morning. A vacant building on 12th Street and Airport Boulevard caught fire. AFD blamed that fire on an electrical malfunction. Austin is on the brink of looking more closely at how it deals with the homeless population. At today's Austin City Council work session, city leaders talked about a plan to hire a company to do a comprehensive review of what the city has done so far to help the homeless. The review is meant to look at how effective the current strategy is and evaluate spending. Council member Mackenzie Kelly has been pushing for an audit since last year, something her fellow council members spoke in support of today. I think this is going to be uh, a really valuable look by, by Mackenzie to figure out how we can best and most effectively and efficiently uh, serve this population. City Council will vote on the proposal during their Thursday meeting. If the contract is approved, the report should be finished as soon as April. We also want to let you know that Meals on Wheels has suspended meal delivery for today because of the cold. The agency recommends people eat their shelf-stable meals that were delivered last year specifically for this purpose. Oh, this cold is not easy on anyone, no. Rich. And I think most of us are wondering, okay, when is that warm-up <laughs> going to come? Well... For a few, it came today as we did finally get above freezing in some locations, essentially from the interstate eastward. Mm -hmm. uh, 
We'll warm tomorrow. We'll warm again on Thursday, but then we take another dip into the uh, 40s. But the second uh, Arctic air mess that's coming uh -huh. will not be as long in duration as this one. Good evening not. to all of you. How about this view from the Oasis <laughs> restaurant weather cam out at uh, Lake Travis? Sunsets at 5:53, and right now. Lake Travis reporting a current temperature of 33. Camp Mabry at 32. We nosed above freezing uh, briefly during the uh, last couple of hours, and we spent at least 60 hours of sub-freezing temperatures in Austin, but it was more for uh, most of our Hill Country communities. We're in the upper 20s, two low 30s, a few mid-30s still in parts of Caldwell and Fayette counties. Temperatures a little higher this afternoon, about 5 to 10 degrees yesterday. Uh, we're finding a north wind 5 to 10 from the Hill Country and then about 5 to 15 in areas along and east of I-35. Current wind chills are in the 20s across the entire area. They will be back in the teens and some single digits as we get into tonight. We'll talk about the 40s and the 60s coming up. Up, but again, that next dose of Arctic air when it arrives and when rain returns in first warning weather. Brit? Rich, thank you so much. A Leander High School teacher is facing charges accused of an inappropriate relationship with a student. According to police, Michael Winters engaged in sexual contact with a student at Leander High School on September 8th. The principal sent a letter home to families Sunday saying the district put the special education teacher on administrative leave when it learned about potential inappropriate contact. Winters previously worked at Burnett CISD and the Settlement Home for Children. That's a charter school run by the University of Texas. This is all according to the TEA. Well, last night, former President Donald Trump cemented his status as frontrunner for the Republican nomination for president, easily winning the Iowa caucus. NBC's Bree Jackson looks at how those who trailed him are trying to bounce back before New Hampshire's primary. Fresh off his historic landslide win in Iowa, former President Trump once again turning from the campaign trail to the courtroom. This is the only person this never happened before, but I go to a lot of courthouses. During jury selection in his civil damages trial, two potential jurors in New York indicated they believe Trump is being treated unfairly by the court system. He is playing the victim card, but in the case that we are watching today, that is starting today, a jury has determined that it's Eugene Carroll who is the victim here. Despite fighting multiple cases, including 91 felony charges, Trump appears on path for a rematch with President Biden in the general election. The moment Trump was indicted, he started to consolidate the base. Next up, the New Hampshire primary. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis claiming to have momentum despite finishing a distant second in the first in the nation caucus. Amongst the broader Republican electorate, I, I was very viewed very favorably. I mean, like what we did in Iowa, we did make an impression on a lot of those folks. Former UN Ambassador Nikki Haley placed third in Iowa, yet contends this is a two-person race. She hopes appealing to independent and moderate voters helps her win next week. New Hampshire has a way of, of turning conventional wisdom and turning what happened in Iowa on its head. The once crowded race for the Republican presidential nomination narrowing even more today. Asa Hutchinson ended his long shot campaign. In Washington, Bree Jackson, NBC News. Some passengers on this terrifying Alaska Airlines flight are suing Boeing. On January 5th, the door plug flew off midair. 
Four passengers on flight 1282 are suing the company. Alaska Airlines is also named as a defendant. The plaintiffs are claiming the incident caused them, quote, fear, distress, anxiety, trauma, physical pain, and other injuries. The FAA and the NTSB are investigating the incident, and the 737 MAX 9 remains grounded. A planned merger between two budget airlines is off, at least for now. A federal judge has blocked JetBlue Airways' purchase of rival Spirit Airlines. Now, the Biden administration claims the merger would drive up fares. If the deal went through, it would create the country's fifth largest airline. Well, tax relief is coming for millions of families. We'll tell you who qualifies. A showdown between Texas and the feds over border security and ground zero is a park in Eagle Pass. Lawmakers in Congress announced a deal today to expand the child tax credit while also giving some tax breaks to businesses. This deal would enhance refundable child tax credits, and it could provide help to about 16 million kids in low-income families. The deal still needs to be written into legislation and secure the votes to pass the Republican-led House and Democratic-led Senate. A Central Texas bridge that has been moving people over the Colorado River in Bastrop for about 100 years is about to get a big renovation. Now you may recognize the Iron Bridge from the 1986 movie Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Well, earlier this month, the Bastrop City Council approved a construction contract to rehab the bridge to make it better for people on foot. See, structural concerns shut down the pedestrian part of the bridge back in 2018. Construction should start next summer. Tensions escalating at the border between Texas and the U.S. The signs the Supreme Court could soon step in. We had a pair of record lows this morning at Camp Mabry and at the airport, both dropping to 17 degrees. The record at Mabry was 18 in 1930. The record at the airport was 19 in 1972, but new records today. And both of our reporting stations climbed to 34 this afternoon, and that is well below normal by 28 degrees. But we are warming up for a couple of days, and we'll be back to detail in a few minutes. The Department of Justice sent a memo to the U.S. Supreme Court late last night in response to Texas closing off access to a park in Eagle Pass along the border. Three migrants drowned Friday trying to cross the Rio Grande near the park. The Biden administration says they could have saved, been saved if Border Patrol had access to the area. But the state of Texas says that is not true. And Monica Madden reports on this latest dispute over jurisdiction at the border. Tensions escalating at the border after Texas blocked access to Shelby Park along the Rio Grande. Later Friday, three migrants, two of them children, drowned near the park. Should have never kicked out the very agency that has the power under federal law to arrest uh, illegals, uh, number one, and provide humanitarian care. Congressman Henry Guayar believes federal agents could have saved the migrants if they were at Shelby Park. Border Patrol would have seen people on the Mexican side, would have sent people in the river. But the president of the National Border Patrol Council disagrees. Even if we would have been notified in a timely manner and, and were able to get uh, personnel and get those boats down there, it would have taken an exponential amount of time. Whereas we know that drownings happen in a matter of minutes. Saying Texas's presence opens up Border Patrol's resources. We consider it a force multiplier, so it is a good thing for border security. In a Monday letter to the U.S. Supreme Court, the Department of Justice said, quote, Texas has continued to impede Border Patrol's ability to access the border, pointing to this tragedy as the latest example. These are all just flashpoints for the broader attempt by Governor Abbott 
to basically claim the mantle of immigration enforcement. Constitutional law experts say the precedent is clear. As long as the federal government is you know, within the bounds of its authority, the federal government wins. And that's a lesson that was learned over and over again in the school desegregation cases in the 1950s and 1960s. And it's all teeing up a larger fight in the courts. One way or the other, the Supreme Court is going to have to step in in one of these disputes between Texas and the federal government. Monica Madden, KXAN News. And the Department of Homeland Security has threatened legal action against Texas as if, if it does not restore Border Patrol's access to Shelby Park by tomorrow. Shelby Park is home to a public memorial to migrants who have died along the Rio Grande. The Eagle Pass Border Coalition placed more than 700 wooden crosses in the park. They scheduled a memorial service for last Saturday, but had to call it off after the state closed off that park. All right, well, the Olympics are just 190. 92 days away, and now the games have an official beer. Today, Olympic leaders announced Anheuser-Busch InBev is the official sponsor of the games, and it's named its alcohol-free Corona Cero as the official beer of the 2024 Summer Games. The beer maker will also sponsor the 2026 Olympic Games in Milan and the 2028 Games in Los Angeles. First warning weather. Good evening to you. We start out with a live look from the Whittlesey Landscape Supplies view out in southeast Austin where the temperature is 33 degrees. We overlook downtown. Sunset will be in a little more than a half an hour. Temperatures are in the mid to upper 40s for tomorrow afternoon. The computers are having a bit of a difficult time on these lows, so I'm not even going to try to do that by this map. We'll be in the mid-60s for most of the area on Thursday, and then that next dose of Arctic air arrives Thursday night into very early Friday morning, and that sends highs on Friday back to the low to mid-40s. But as I said earlier, this is not going to last as long as this current one is lasting. Our wind chills at midnight will be in the teens uh, for the most part, and they'll stay in the teens during the overnight. There'll be a few in single digits up to the north and on out into the hill country. Hard freeze warning in effect through 10 o'clock tomorrow morning for most all of our viewing area, especially these are for the counties that are handled by the Austin San Antonio National Weather Service office, which also has these same counties in a wind chill advisory for tomorrow morning as a result of those single digits and teens wind chills will average about 5 to 15. High pressure is northeast of us at this hour and it's going to continue to move on into Louisiana and as it does the winds will come back out of the south so thankfully we have a warming wind on Wednesday that'll send those temperatures into the 40s and then a southwest wind on Thursday. Thursday will start out with a bit of cloud cover and then will be sunny for the rest of the day before the intrusion of this next Arctic air mess which arrives very late on Thursday night into Friday morning. It will settle south of the area at, by about 7 a.m. At about 5 to 6 a.m., the winds will start to pick up and we will stay windy as we go through Friday afternoon. But then the wind speeds will relax somewhat for the weekend. Let's forecast what's happening late in the weekend. Saturday, partly cloudy, cold, starting at 22, ending in the upper 30s to low 40s. But Sunday afternoon into Sunday evening, we have a chance of rain that will increase overnight through Monday morning. We continue to see the potential for rain and a few thunderstorms on Monday afternoon into Monday night. And we continue with that forecast, rain and a few thunderstorms, Monday night into Tuesday morning onto Tuesday afternoon. And it may last beyond that as well. This is the European model's depiction of forecast rain totals for our area, most at about an inch or more. 
I think right now and through at least that Sunday afternoon to Tuesday afternoon time frame, I'm going to go about three quarters of an inch to an inch and a half in some areas and we'll see how this plays out. But it will still be nice to see the rain no matter. 17 degrees is my forecast low for tomorrow. The record for tomorrow morning is 10, so we won't come close to that. Light northeast wind this evening and then as that high moves off overnight, the winds will go south-southwesterly at under 5. Nice lower wind speeds for tomorrow morning. But then for tomorrow afternoon, winds pick up out of the south at 10 to 15. There's your warm-up from the 30s today to the 40s tomorrow as we go with a high of 46. We'll be down to 33 in town, upper mid and upper 20s in the hill country on Thursday morning. And that's a nice recovery to 67, wouldn't you say? And then we are in the upper 30s to low 40s for our temperatures Friday and Saturday. Then the rain returns. We go from the mid and upper 40s on Sunday to the lower half of the 60s on Monday and the mid-60s one week from today. Well, the 60s seem balmy after what we've been through, <laughs> Rich. Thank you. And a handful of Central Texas school districts will start class late tomorrow once again. That is all thanks to these freezing temperatures. Students at Austin ISD, along with Dimebox, LaGrange, Lexington, Lockhart, Round Top, and Wimberley, We'll all get to sleep in a little bit tomorrow. Now you can check out that full list online at KXAN.com and we'll keep it updated if any other schools announce plans for a late start. And if you think the weather is bad here, we're going to be looking at the damage across the country from this wintry blast. Well, it's not just Texas dealing with this brutal chill. The bitter cold is impacting 125 million people across the country. Jay Gray shows us the snow piling up in the Northeast and the Great Lakes. Winter tightening its grip. 80% of the country right now dealing with bitter cold snow and ice. Just getting around in some areas, almost impossible. There's so many car accidents, it's really bad. Roadways turned to slip and slides, runways shut down, thousands of flights canceled for the second straight day. Even the South struggling with extreme conditions, record lows across Arkansas just a week after storms pulled up trees and peeled away rooftops there. A state of emergency stretching across most of Tennessee with single-digit wind chills in Nashville and Memphis, while campers in Kentucky caught in the snow and cold temperatures are airlifted to safety. Snow falling as far west as Oklahoma. While in Texas, officials urging residents and businesses to reduce energy usage to ease the strain on the state's power grid. They're showing about 84.4 gigawatts of demand, 84.7 of capacity. So that's a very, very small buffer. Even in places used to rough winters, this system is causing problems. Schools and businesses closed, snow piling up in Colorado in some areas more than four feet. And in New York, we haven't had snow in so long, so yeah. it's, it's foreign to us. The city seeing its first significant snowfall in almost two years. Jay Gray, NBC News. All right, well, coming up tonight on KXAN, we have Night Court starting at 7, followed by Extended Family at 7.30, then an episode of La Brea and the season finale of Found. Then you can meet us back here for KXAN News at 10.